Hello, sci-fi fans. This is Nana Visitor from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. If you like what we're serving here at the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way, and by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today, audibletrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. Engage. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come, grab a chair, and enjoy the conversations. I'd say we've got an unexpected guest. Rose, where we're going, we don't need Rose. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Hertzog. And hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And tonight, we are so excited, so excited, because after all, Miles, we're on a Star Wars kick right now. A huge Star Wars kick. Yeah, so much so. We both went and saw Solo together, and Miles loved it so much, he went back to see it a second time, and he might even see it a third time. Family obligations, you know, if... Uh... The, the brother or the niece wants to go see it, you got to go see it. And my, my dad didn't see it yet. I, it's only right as a good son to go see it with him. I mean, I mean I'm sure there is much arm twist. They're kicking, you're kicking and screaming as they drag you to the theater. Am I right? It's terrible. It's absolutely I, terrible. I, 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 I really shouldn't put up a fuss. Um, yeah. So uh, anyways, uh, so we're excited about Solo. We both have seen Solo. We're going to talk about that in a separate show. Besides Solo, because, I mean, after all, there is nothing else out there but Solo. What else is going on in your sci-fi world? Um, I am catching up on uh, some of the shows I haven't had a chance to catch up on. Uh, I've, I've I've watched the rest of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for this season. And it's interesting to see what they're doing with that, with uh, Avengers Affinity War, since they both take place in the That's same right. timeline. That's right. They, tie, they same... tie it in. Yeah. And um, I just uh, I'm getting starting to get caught up on uh, the, the CW shows like Flash and uh, Supergirl. Um, right, right now that's what, that's kind of what I've been doing. Uh, th- th- just just trying to catch up on s- some shows uh, I haven't had time to. Um, and I saw Solo with you uh, this this past weekend, which was great. That was awesome. And again, we're going to talk about that later. Are you reading anything exciting? Yeah, I am reading. Um, there's these time travel novels by Jill Cooper. I started reading, and um, in the third book, it, it, a lot of it takes place in this uh, this teenage girl's per- perspective. Uh, she in the first book, well, the conceit is sometime in, in the not too distant future that they, they, they've made time travel possible, and you could go travel back to the past for 15 minutes, but nobody sees you. You, I think you're a hologram, whatever, but you can't do anything to change the past. Well, this young lady finds a way to do it and because she wants to save her mother's life. And she, she's successful in doing that, but she, she changes everything. So a lot of the warnings of why you shouldn't mess with time sort of come to play and just the world that is created from 
those actions. Um, she she finds she she has the ability to travel through time and space, and uh, so I'm in the third book with that. I'm enjoying that just just the adventures and just the consequences of her actions, what, how, how she's trying to fix those. Very cool. Well, my sci-fi world. Uh, so one of the things that I'm doing for another podcast that I do called the Orbital sword, we read the Armageddon's children, Genesis to Shannara. It's a Terry Brooks book. So we read it. And when we finished it, we just recorded the podcast a week or two ago and released that episode. So orbitalsword.com if you're interested, but I read that and then just couldn't stop reading. It's a trilogy. Like it's a trilogy set within a much larger universe, the Shannara, if you aren't familiar with the Shannara. Uh, and I just couldn't stop reading. So I went from that book into the Elves of Shannara, into the Gypsy Moore, and it was just boom, boom, boom. And I just really enjoyed it. And it came to this mathic end. And it was just so satisfying. I just loved it. And, um, I felt bad. We we recorded the show with uh, David Moulton, who's been in this podcast before, and Jim Arrowwood, who's also been in this podcast before, and and they had never had, they've never read anything about Shannara, any books in the Shannara series, and I'd read all of them, including the ones that we were just rereading. I was rereading them, and they really didn't start at the beginning. There's a trilogy that kind of is set before it that would have given them some context that they missed. That being said, we all enjoyed the book, and I really enjoyed them. Cool. So, yeah, so that was cool. And I went right from that, and our next book that we're reading is the first book in the, the I think it's called Leviathan Wakes. It's the first book in the Expanse series that the, uh, oh. TV, that the TV show is based on. Have you watched the TV show Expanse? I have. I've watched the first two seasons. That's another show. Uh, trying to catch up on that show and uh, another show on Sci-Fi Channel, Krypton. Um, but yeah, um, we, we got, first it was bad news and it was Now it's good news. Uh, sci-fi channel is not going to renew the expanse, but Amazon picked it up. So, yeah. So we have good news in that anyways. So I'm reading the first book now, little, little story here. Initially, my first encounter with the expanse series was I was going through audible. I said, Oh, this book looks, book looks good. And so I downloaded it. And it ended up being book four of The Expanse. So I actually started in the middle of the series and then enjoyed it, but never went back and actually read the entire series. So I'm going back now and reading book one. And I did watch season one of The Expanse and I'm making all sorts of connections as I read the book that I didn't make when I watched the series. And so it's very cool. Um, and uh, I did begin watching season two of The Expanse, although I'm three episodes from finishing that. And of course, season three is out on Amazon, but not free yet. So I haven't started that one yet. Yeah. So watching some Doctor Who, uh, we were still in the David Tennant sector. Uh, Kiefer and I are watching it, thoroughly enjoying Doctor Who. Probably so, my favorite. Yeah. David Tennant, just a solid, solid doctor. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to think what else. I've been watching. I think maybe that has been it. Yeah. So we have we have that's going on in our sci-fi world, and in news wise, um, we hear rumors of a Kenobi movie coming down the pike. We're excited about that. Um, a Boba Fett movie. Boba Fett movie. Yep. They just were talking about that. That would be exciting. And um, trying to think what else is coming down the pike as far as news and noteworthy. Yeah, as far as something 
yeah, announced. And, uh, that's yeah. about it, I think. Yeah, that's about it. Um, oh, man, I do got to tell you, I watched the trailer for the Christopher Robbins movie. You know, the one with Ian McGregor, a.k.a. Obi-Wan Kenobi in it. And it's right. a story about Winnie the Pooh. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, I'm going to see that movie and I'm going to cry like a baby through it because it's such an emotional tearjerker just in the trailer. So I'm excited about that in August. Bring your box of tissues. I will. I'll either that or I'll go with you, Miles, and cry in your shirt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Um, disposable shirt. Mm-hmm. But. All right. Well, why don't we jump into, we have an interview we want to share with you in we had the pleasure, I should say that Dave Sellers and I had the pleasure of at shore leave sitting down with who, Miles? Um, the man who I think probably should be credited for keeping Star Wars alive through the 90s when there was no live action Star Wars. Uh, Mr. Timothy Zahn, who wrote these tremendous novels in, in, in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, in fact, at one time, the Thrawn trilogy was considered the uh, the, the trilogy that would follow up um, uh, Re- Return of the Jedi. And, uh, of course, it never happened. We know Disney got a hold of it. They did The Force Awakens, which was planned by Lucas uh, even before he made the sale to Disney. So Timothy Zahn created this trilogy, and that, that character, Thrawn, that he created, has lived on it survived not only the star wars legends universe but now the prime universe that we're now in and um we've seen him in rebels and we might there's rumors that we might see him in episode nine but that's unconfirmed at this point well we saw uh, a couple guys uh, cosplaying thrown at at, at uh, far point this absolutely past, i'll throw cool. pictures up on the blog so you can see that because they were they were pretty legit in fact, we got a picture of Zahn with these players. It was pretty cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to be part of the interview, but I did have the next best, best thing. I got to sit on a panel with him, moderate a, a panel about the, the last Star Wars movie with him and a couple other people. And that was a lot of fun. That is phenomenal. And he's, such a, he's so down to earth, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. He, he's a really cool guy. Yeah. So my understanding is there's a couple other Star Wars Thrawn novels that are in the works, but beyond that, who knows? And um, his next novel's coming out in June, probably when you're listening to this episode. Uh, it'll be the beginning of June. Sometime in June, he'll be coming out with his next novel. We're excited about Thrawn and what that has to bring. Dave Sellers, who you've heard on this podcast and we talk about every so often on the podcast, he was in on that interview Dave is a huge Zahn geek. He loves Zahn, and it was he just counted it extreme joy to meet and chat with him. Oh, I'm happy he, got, he had that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So, so well worth it. Well worth it. He, by the way, went to WizardCon, and I don't know if you saw the pictures he posted from WizardCon. I saw some of them. Yeah, yeah they were pretty, cool. pretty, he was pretty stoked, but he said, by far, he still prefers the smaller cons. I think we've ruined him. We ruined him, Miles. Uh, I know we showed him what a, what, what a nice fan run smaller con could be. Yeah, shore leave, far point. So he's going to be at shore leave. So who knows? We might pull him into some of the interviews there. So, so without any further ado, we're going to share the interview with uh, Timothy Zahn. We hope you enjoy. It is now. Hello, Hello Central. <laughs> Hello, Central. Hello. <laughs> Uh, we'll give you a short, short introduction, and we'll just leap okay. into it. All right. 
Scott Herzog here with the Sci-Fi Diner podcast, and we are, and I'm here with Dave Sellers, and we are here sitting and chatting with Timothy Zahn, well-known in the Star Wars world from his portrayal and writing a Thrawn. Thrawn is his creation, and we're just sitting down here to chat with him just a little bit. Thank you so much, and welcome to the podcast. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. So, as an author, you have the opportunity to write both in your own sci-fi world and in the Star Wars franchise and many maybe other media franchises as well. What are the challenges that come with writing in one or the other? Well, the advantage of writing in something like Star Wars is the universe is pretty much familiar to all the readers. I don't have to explain how hyperdrive works, what lightsabers are, uh, what a Star Destroyer is, what the Millennium Falcon is. Um, or who Han Solo, Le- uh, you know, Leia Organa, and, and Luke Skywalker are. Right. The, disad- the disadvantage is that if I don't get Han Solo at least 80% correct, <laughs> the character feels wrong to the reader. Right. So the flip side is that in my own universe, uh, I can create anything I want to, but I will have to give the background necessary, and I will have to develop the characters from scratch. One, one of the ways I describe this is writing in Star Wars or Terminators like playing basketball. There's a certain number of players on, on the court. There are boundaries here. There are you know timeouts, all of that sort of thing. There are rules I have to follow. Writing my own stuff is closer to Calvin Ball than Calvin <laughs> and Hobbes. Where they made awesome. up the rules. Now, once, of course, I make something up, uh, I have to be consistent with it, unlike Calvin. Right. Um, but I can... If, if I've got a series or a story idea of trains that go between the stars inside giant tubes, trains traveling a light year per minute, that will never go in Star Wars, but I, it was the basis of the Quadrail series. Right. So I can come up with ideas that will never work in Star Wars and create my own universe from them. So with Disney acquiring the franchise um, and the multitude of series here now planning coming up, um, obviously, you, you released a new Thrawn novel, but beyond that, are there going to be other writing opportunities for you in that universe, or is it going to be mostly Thrawn? Well, the second Thrawn book, Thrawn Alliances, comes out this July. It's a Thrawn Invader adventure, which is, was a lot of fun <laughs> to write. We'll see what Lucasfilm thinks. Their, their comments are due on, on the book next week. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pitch a couple more books. At the moment, Thrawn is what they're most interested in, um, but there are a couple of stories... I would also like to do um, it's going to depend on what what they're wanting me to do and what I'm interested in doing um, one story I would like to pitch at some point is the story after the end of Revenge of the Sith after Obi-Wan has dropped Luke off on Tatooine my feeling is he will go a far distance away and make an absolute noisy nuisance of himself to draw attention away from Tatooine until the trail grows cold. I would like to do the story of him making an absolute nuisance of himself. That's I think awesome. Obi-Wan could do an, a very impressive nuisance. <laughs> I'll bet to. he could. Um, I'll bet he could. On the other hand, if they wanted me to do the heroic adventures of Jar Jar Binks, I would probably pass on that one. No, that, no, so no, 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 no. What, what do you want me to do, and am I, is it something I can be excited about? Right, right, right. Are you surprised that Thrawn has had the staying power it's had over these years? Because, I mean, you originally wrote this character years ago, and in the original... 1991. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and all these years, people are still talking about Thrawn. Yeah. 
when you write something, you know, I'm trying to make the characters memorable. I'm trying to make characters that the, the readers will care about and will, will you know, resonate with. But you never know what's going to happen. Um, I hoped people would like Thrawn. I hoped they would like Mara Jade and Talon Card and the others. But there's no way of knowing until the readers actually get hold of these books and go and, and it goes from there. So um, very gratified that Thrawn has had the saying power on some level continually surprised because <laughs> it, I've had other characters that I worked as hard on that that you know were, were interesting, but no nobody really glommed onto them this way. So it's always an extra bonus when the character is is grabbed onto by the fans and really really in, in, enjoyed and, and, and liked. Very cool. Do I ask your question? So we know Darth Vader makes an appearance. Yes. In the next book. Without any spoilers, can you tell us anything about what's in store for the, our favorite Grand Admiral? No. Oh. <laughs> that was no, the answer I, I was expecting. I'm, <laughs> I'm really not allowed to talk about anything in the book that has not been revealed in official press releases That's and such. We, yeah. So all I can say is, yes, it's a mission that the Emperor sends Thrawn and Vader on uh, for reasons that are you know, typically the Emperor's. And the little reference in Thrawn to Thrawn's meeting with Anakin is also covered in this book. Oh, sweet! So we'll we'll get to you'll get to see what happened in that situation as well. Very cool. Very cool. How did you feel when you heard that Disney wanted to to bring Thrawn back in the animated series after nothing for for so many years? After um, well, I mean. I, it was actually the Rebels group, yes, the Rebels uh, Kerry group. Hart and Dave Filoni and their yeah. their team, who had really wanted Thrawn in. So once they got permission, they brought me down to Lucasfilm and uh, told me, this is what's happening, season three and four of Rebels, Thrawn will be a major villain, and by the way, we'd like you to write a new book detailing his rise through the Imperial ranks to Grand Admiral. Uh, so I think what I said there, it's, on, it's actually in, on the uh, Season 3 Blu-ray special features. They got a little clip of me at that meeting. I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, <laughs> I think I said I'm, I'm excited, uh, astonished, uh, gratified, and a little scared. Or a little terrified <laughs> all at the same time. Because that really is, is the bottom line. Okay, I'm, I'm very gratified to bring him back. But, again, I don't know how the viewers are going to react. Just as I didn't know how the readers would react uh, when he appeared in Heir to the Empire, I don't know how the viewers are going to react. Uh, And that's a little bit of trepidation there, but they seem to have uh, grabbed onto him just as as much as the readers have. That's great. That's great. But, again, a lot of that is the Rebels group has done him correctly. That's good. They're not just... We'll take the name and write an entirely different character. They they grew up with the the Thrawn trilogy and the other uh, Legends books. That's part of their Star Wars experience. They understand Thrawn and they know how to write for him, mm. which has been very gratifying. Thrawn from the original Heir to the Empire series mm-hmm. 
to the Thrawn in the now the universe that Disney is now creating. The canon, we call yeah, it. That's yeah, that's canon. Fairly consistent in your mind from one to the other no, or different? No difference as far as I'm concerned. So I wrote Thrawn very carefully to be consistent with everything else I've done in the universe, the Thrawn trilogy, Outbound Flight. Um, at some point, they may write something that overwrites something I've done, but I'm not going to do that if I can avoid <laughs> right, it. Right, so right. this is simply the same character, but in a different era, different political, military situation. Uh, but it's the same character I've always written for Thrawn. So people could go into the era of the Empire, and this would be a consistent Thrawn, yeah, yeah. even though it's not canon. Correct. Right, right. Awesome. I've, I've been mentioning, you know, in the years since the the legends became, or the legends were written at, or called that. Um, you can think of the legend stories as being like legends of Robin Hood. Okay, Robin Hood may not have existed, but we still write movies and books about right. him and King Arthur and such. Now that Thrawn is canon. Instead of a legend of Robin Hood, you can think of the Tron trilogies being a legend of Davy Crockett. Right. In other words, maybe not real stories, but based on a character that does, quote, exist in the Oh, that's a good analogy. Yeah. So it's still a legend, but it's kind of a step up of... It's not canon, but it's kind of a step up in the legends hierarchy, however you do that. Bearing in mind this is a fictional universe to begin with. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, where, where would you like to take the character of Thrawn if you were able? Beyond, would I take yeah, him? Yeah, where would you like to take him in the future, down the line? I've got a couple of ideas I'm going to be pitching whenever I get a chance <laughs> to talk to Lucasfilm again. A lot of it's going to depend on... What else Lucasfilm wants to do in the way of movies and books and comics, TV shows, whether my ideas will mesh with what they're planning, whether something is going to kind of intrude into where I wanted to write, and if so, can I squeeze the story around these around that. You know, the, the basketball court is changing shape right. can I write the story I want or something close that will fit in with the other stuff you're doing and and even better are there ways I can mesh it with it it's not just an individual story and right. a splash of red on the blue canvas type of thing but the kind of fade the, 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 the into the violet sort of thing between them so that it feels like part of the real history not just a standalone yeah. Um, meanwhile, I know that they're doing a lot of stuff with the Chiss in the Old Republic online game. So if I get their ear, I'd like to pitch a few game modules or some ideas to them as oh, that well. Would, that so would be awesome. I, I'm, I'm going to be as involved in Star Wars as they're basically as they'll let me be. Yeah, awesome. Well, maybe someday we'll get a Thrawn movie out of the deal. It's not unreasonable. Oh, it isn't. But, you know, <laughs> who knows what they've got planning? Who right. knows what they're thinking right. about? Typically, in the old days, I would I would find out Thrawn was in Tie Fighter when somebody played the game and told me. No. So there's there's absolutely no obligation for them to tell me anything that's right. in the works. So the fact that I don't know anything means nothing. Exactly. But well, my, my thought is, as long as Thrawn is making the money, they'll keep him around, just yes. like me. <laughs> awesome. When, I stop make, when Thrawn and I stop making the money, we'll be we'll, we'll be sent we'll, out. You'll, you'll, that's, you'll that's, be history. That's... And we'll have have. have 
have had a lot of fun in the process. So Absolutely. I'm good with that. Absolutely. So where can where can we send people to find your work, Thrawn and otherwise? Uh, I've got a Facebook page, but mostly you can you know buy online, go to your bookstore. Um, I think every almost everything I've got is in print in some form or another. Even my old books are at least uh, on uh, Kindle, Kindle and uh, Nook and everything. So pretty much everything I've written is still available in one format. One format or another. Either either ebook, print on demand, or just available for on the shelves of the bookstore or for order. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with us here at the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. If you've enjoyed the conversation, the owners of this establishment would love to hear from you. Send your comments and feedback to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com or join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash sci-fi diner.